ask that you open your Bibles tonight to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21, which is the last verse in 1 John. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21. And before we read God's Word, uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you, Lord God, once again, thanking you for your word. And Lord, I ask you to open our hearts, Lord, to your word tonight, here in the words of the Apostle John. And may we pay heed to this warning that he gives us. And Lord, help me, your unworthy servant, as I preach your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21, very short scripture where John uh, concludes uh, this letter. He says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Uh, there was a song years ago by the songwriter Bob Dylan who said, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it might, maybe it's the devil or maybe the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And that's true. People, there's no neutral position. I believe humanity by nature is religious. Uh, even, I mean, you can even see some of these online atheists. I mean, all they talk about is God all the time. How much they don't, you know, how much they don't, don't believe in him but you know if i didn't believe in something like i don't write about the you know the you know the tooth fairy i mean i don't because i don't believe in the tooth fairy you know but they seemingly do but it's even atheism is almost like a religion where they follow uh, a uh they're trying to prove to themselves god doesn't exist religion is a big part of human nature paul mentions this in Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 23, I just want to go there real quick. And you're probably familiar with these verses where he states, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Look, he says the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, they're clearly seen around us. People are without excuse because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Uh, the problem isn't that man isn't religious, is that he, he perverts the nature of God. This is a history of humanity. Paul's talking about how the Gentiles, they... Hey, they were very religious. You can go to look at things about ancient Assyria, ancient Babylon, Egypt, very religious societies, but they perverted the nature of God, making idols to different gods. 
And this is what happened over time. After, I guess you could say, after the flood of Noah and man dispersed himself, he forgot the true God that Noah worshipped after the flood. And humanity, by and large, became a bunch of idolaters. As Christians, we profess faith in Jesus Christ. But the devil seeks to draw us away from that faith in Christ to worship other things. Now, it's believed that John, here in 1 John, wrote this letter to churches in Asia Minor. Of course, the book of Revelation was written to seven churches in, in Asia Minor. But it's believed these were also written, this letter here in 1 John, was possibly written to these uh, two churches. And he concludes this, this book, this letter, with a warning to Christians, to the churches, little children, keep yourselves from idols. He didn't write this to lost people. He wrote this to professing Christians in the church. Keep yourselves from idols or keep away from idols. Literally, it's uh, guard yourself. We'd say guard your heart from idols uh, because your flesh and the devil in this world all want to draw you near to worship something else other than God. This has been true since the serpent tempted Eve in the garden. Uh, there are things that want to lure us away from the true God and get us to following false things. Now, what is an idol? Now, you can say, well, we don't worship idols here in America because very, you know, only a few people do. You know, worship down to a, you know, a, a you know, a statue of Buddha or, or Christian or some other, you know, pagan god. Uh, yeah, that that goes on. But idols are much more than just bowing yourself down to a statue that's been built. Uh, Strong's Concordance uh, defines an idol or image or likeness of a false god. Tim Keller stated, uh, he defined an idol this way, anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give, that you seek to give, you what only God gives. That's much broader definition of idolatry, isn't it? Uh, it can be a lot of things idolatry can. It can be possessions. It can be a whole lot of things in this uh, world. In Exodus chapter 20, I'm just going to go there real quickly, in the Ten Commandments, Moses wrote these words of God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. No other gods. God Almighty, Yahweh, does not tolerate any other gods. And yet here in America, we may not have a whole bunch of statues that we bow down to, but there's a lot of things we worship other than Almighty God. I mean, coming up this Sunday is what? Super Bowl. Now, there's nothing sinful, by the way, about football or even the Super Bowl. 
there's a lot of things that you can worship that there's not, you know, not, not necessarily sinful, but when that becomes your total obsession, something's wrong. You can go on TikTok or YouTube or Facebook and see these people that after their football team loses, they get they get a hammer or something and smash their television. You know, I mean, that's how obsessed they are. There's people who are, you know, when it comes to even to sports, it goes to an obsession. There's nothing wrong with being a sports fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm a sports fan. Ever since I was seven years old, back in, I can't remember what year it was. <laughs> when I was seven years old right now. I think 72 or somewhere, or 70, 71, 72, or eight, I was eight years old. You know, I, I recall watching the 1972 World Series, my first sporting experience. And uh, if you know who was in that, you're, you are a sports nerd. That's the Cincinnati Reds versus the Oakland A's. And I, that's when I became a Reds fan and have been. I, I even got their app. Uh, I follow them on an app on my phone. Now I'm not gonna get a tape, t- you know, television, you know, and smash it or get mad. If I might get irritated they lost, but it doesn't really affect me. I like the New Orleans Saints. I keep up with them. I keep up with LSU. But in the end, none of those three teams I just mentioned—the Reds, the Saints, or the LSU Tigers—don't affect my life at all. But there's some people it does, and you you can see it. I mean, it, they, they have absorbed into it. It's a, almost a religious aspect to it. We've got to beware of idolatry. Even something as fun like sports can take over us. Look, you can put family even over God. You know, mention sports. Uh, I mean, for, for families, I mean, when it comes to their kids playing uh, ball league during the summer, I mean... They they can't make it to church because there's a ball game going on. Their kids are playing into it. And they think their kid's going to make it into, maybe he can get a scholarship to college and then get in, you know, maybe into the major leagues. Well, it's very unlikely your kid's going to make it to major league or to professional sports. Only very few. But there's a guarantee, a guarantee they're going to stand before God someday. you got to put your priorities right. There's some people like that with hunting, fishing, when it comes to sports. I mean, that's all That's all they think about. It, it absorbs them. There are many people, sadly today, when it comes to drugs and alcohol, it dominates their life. They're enslaved to it. They know they're enslaved to it. You ever met somebody who's enslaved to to drugs? They know they're enslaved, but they still go right back to it. And it's either going to keep them enslaved or kill them. Uh, one can even make your, your spouse or girlfriend or bro- boyfriend your idol. I can't come to church because they don't want to come. What if you just put ahead of God? Uh, you hey in America, I'm gonna tell you this, and and I'm I'm a capitalist. Yes, I'm not a communist, but in a capitalistic society, unrestrained capitalism is evil because it's it's a worship of the dollar bill, and for many corporations, that's all that matters is giving 
a, uh, a profit to their stockholders. They don't care about their customers. They'll say that, but the main thing they want is a profit. Why? Because they're part of this world. They bow before the green dollar bill. See, idolatry is so deceptive. We can have our own idols that we don't even realize we have. Now, how can we keep ourselves from idols? Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 14 where the Apostle Paul states, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. In another place, Paul said, flee from fornication, from sexual immorality. Here he says, flee from idolatry. Hey, it's good to flee from temptation, whatever it is. Uh, flee means run from it. And it doesn't mean necessarily literally running from it, though Joseph did that in, in Genesis. But it means put, a, put, your di- put some distance between you and it. Get, you know, get away from it. If, uh, if you saw a grizzly bear out in the woods, if you're up north, you, well, if you saw a bear around here, what are you going to do? You see it coming toward you, you're going to put some distance from you and it. Why? Because it's dangerous. It can kill you. But we, we often like to play with sin. Flee from it. Run from it. Going back to 1 John 5.21, he says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Just like you, you lock your door at night. You lock the door of your house. Why? Not to keep yourself in, but to keep somebody out. Guard your heart. Lock some things out. Don't give the temptation to idolatry a foothold. Because it's uh, because then you start seeking what it basically is you're seeking your pleasure and your satisfaction in something other than Almighty God. You're saying God is not enough. Almighty God is not enough. There's something more that I need. God can't provide that. And so I'm going to seek it in some other way. Oh, my friends, let us not be guilty of that. Why is it so dangerous? Turn with me to Psalm 106. Psalm 106. Psalm 106, verses 36 through 38, where the psalmist here is talking about the the Israelites in the time of Moses. What did they state they did? They did, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Notice it was a snare unto them. I'm often amazed. You know, you think about the time of if you read Exodus, and I'm reading it right now in my personal devotions, and you think if I would could see those types of miracles that happened there during the time of Moses, 
Can you imagine what it would be like to see the parting of the Red Sea? That had to be just amazing, wouldn't it? Mm. My goodness. That would just, I mean, it would just, and then you walk right through it on dry ground. And you think, now that would have strengthened my faith. That's what we say. Boy, that would have strengthened my faith. I'd never doubt God again. But what happened after they they went escaped Egypt? They went right. They they the big struggle they had was following false gods. Later on, Aaron and them built an idol, a golden cave. It's so easy, you know. Look, we've every one of us who are believers, we've been born again. Yet many times we. We forget what Christ has done for us. Notice what it states in verses 37 through 39 here, this same chapter. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works and went a-whoring with their own inventions. And that so was really, a, truthfully, that became the history of ancient Israel, that struggle. And yet we have that own struggle with idolatry often in our own hearts where we doubt God and we want to follow after other inventions. And, and, and it's so easy it can happen because the flesh is so strong. Oh, my friends, it's dangerous idolatry is. You go to Psalm 115. Psalm 115, verse 3 through 9, where the psalmist states, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their ship help in their shield. Look, we can make idols of the pleasures of this world. And I believe, look, America, as far as it, as a nation, worships the gods of pleasure. That's what we love, the gods of pleasure. Whatever makes me feel good and, 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 and I just got to have more and more and more. Believe me, I work at Walmart during the Christmas season. And when I say the Christmas season, I'm talking about the fake Walmart Christmas season, not the one that we talk about here in church. And it's all about excess. People will spend their, they'll top out their credit cards their, and, and, and just for stuff that's going to fade away. It's nothing about Jesus. It's all about excess. And it's so, so sad. They worship the, all, the almighty dollar. They worship the things of this world. And we Christians can fall in that trap too. 
uh, where we, you know, because the pleasures and, and the things of this world are so alluring, many of a professing Christian has been pulled away. Many pastors have. Destroying their ministry. Destroying their testimony. Sinclair Ferguson stated, it's actually dangerous for us to have an idol. Our safety lies only in God. You see, you can start trusting in things other than God. Unwilling, un you may not realize it. Oh, you may give a profession, hey, I'll trust the Lord and all this, but your, your faith is in something of your own hands. And you're trusting in something else. It's easy to trust in materialism for security. But none of these things, none of the pleasures of this world brings ultimate fulfillment. Believe me, most people, they just, they believe that ultimate fulfillment is I'm getting rich and then when I get older, I'll have plenty of money, won't go into debt, and I, maybe I can, uh, you know, I can be just safe and secure. But what they're leaving out of it is there's coming a day when our years on this earth will come to an end and we're going to face Almighty God. I want to conclude from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 14. Reading here in the law of God. where we're reminded, in, beginning in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. How do we love God? With every part of our being. Not to say I love God, but I also like to go out and party. I like to go and fool with this and and do these other things. No. God requires, look, you're to love Him with all thy heart, with all thy soul. Because, why? Because in Him is fulfillment. He is your only true safe place in this world, my friends. You can be in the most dangerous situation there is. But if you have the Lord, you're in a safe place. And notice what he states in verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as a frontlets between thine eyes." And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Notice he's, what the word is stating. Look, talk about the Lord. Talk, spread it, give it to your children, to your grandchildren. That'll keep them from idolatry. Make this a part of you. Don't just, and we can apply this today, don't just be a Sunday Christian. Make this throughout the week. Notice verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give 
the great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fit, fillest not, and wells diggest which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be, be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now you'll notice here, this warning was given by Moses to them that, hey, when you, when you finally make it to the promised land, and God gives you all these things that you didn't do anything to build, He gave this to you, beware, lest you forget God. It's often been said that it's not necessarily always in the tough times that we forget God. It's in the times of prosperity and good things. We start thinking of... Uh, uh, we, we stop uh, thinking about God. We start getting relaxed. We start following the things of this world. He concludes... I, well, I conclude these last two verses in verses 13 and 14. Thou shalt fear the... The Lord thy God, or I'd say, uh, or revere the Lord thy God, and serve him and swear by his name, ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around about you. And why should we? For we serve the one true God. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about idolatry you're worshiping something, you're putting something first place above God that ultimately never satisfies. Never brings satisfaction. It can be a lot of things. As I stated, a whole lot of things. And if that becomes your top priority, it's going to damage you. But the Lord God brings complete satisfaction in our life. To conclude, let's re remember the words of John as we Leave here tonight, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Let's pray. Father, the things of this world are so seductive, Lord God, that promise greater satisfaction than you. And oh, how often we... We are lured away from You, not realizing that only in You are we truly, truly satisfied. But our flesh leads us away and we follow it, following our own desires, our own lust. And like Eve, eating forbidden fruit and forgetting about You. Oh Lord, protect us from idolatry Lord God, may we never, ever forget You. Never forget what You have done for us. Oh, may we never forget what Christ went through for us on the cross. May His precious death, suffering death on the cross. God became man to save sinners like us. And we, Lord, should ever be grateful. And dear God, Keep us from idols. Guard our hearts and keep us awake. To always have our eyes upon you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.